the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr., and I'm your host for Silicon Valley Business Connection. That's one, not Connections One. I am the one. We are the one. (laughs) But I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, and today my guest is Brian Miller from Points Taking. Now, Brian has a concept that just blew me away about 3D mapping and what it does. And so, Brian, I'm going to let you tell everybody about that. Brian, introduce yourself. Hi. Good morning. Thank you, Carl, for this opportunity. My name is Brian Miller, and I have a company called Points Taken, and we specialize in 3D laser scanning uh, for historic documentation and historic preservation purposes. Um, For those of you who aren't familiar with 3D laser scanning, uh, laser scanning is a technology that's probably about 15 years old or slightly longer, slightly older than that. And it's a non-contact, non-destructive technology that allows you to digitally capture the shape of physical objects using line-of-sight laser. Um, So basically it creates a point cloud of data from the surface of an object, and it gives you an accurate, very accurate three-dimensional model of it. And uh, we use this for preserving historic structures. It's used uh, primarily in civil engineering. Uh, it was originally designed actually to map oil rigs and, um, and nuclear power plants, which obviously those are areas where you want to make sure you're very accurate. And so it, bec- it was used and created to make sure they had accurate ways of capturing precise details of these kind of, of environments. And uh, we've adopted it now to where we're actually using it to preserve our history and tell our cultural story. Um, if you think about it, when you look back through history, human beings have always done this. Even before there was written language, you can go back to caves where people actually were either Etching uh, mm-hmm. their environments, mm-hmm. their animals, their their you know, just telling stories, and it's something that human beings have always done, and uh, we're just kind of taking that to the next step. For the first time, we're able to do it in 3D, and uh, that's kind of what we're doing. Man, it's just like uh, Silicon Valley, right? We're- oh, absolutely. And the, the great thing about it is this is technology that was pioneered here in Silicon Valley, and continues to be 
to be utilized and expanded upon here. And you see it a lot of it is it used in the gaming industry. Uh, like I said, they use a lot of it in civil engineering. And so it's something that uh, is uniquely Silicon Valley, and it's being embraced uh, like all of our technology. It's been embraced all over the world. Mm. Now, when you shared this with me a while back, and you may have just kind of hinted to it, I mean, the power of being able to map an historical sort of building or place, and if something were to happen to that, you know, I guess back in the days when we had wars, hopefully we don't have any more like that, but to be able to have something get destroyed and be rebuilt exactly the way it was, is that what you're saying, Brian, that that can happen using 3D mapping in this data cloud technology? Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, there is a company in Oakland by the name of CyArk that's pioneering this actually the gentleman that uh, cr- that created laser scanning technology has a nonprofit, and that's specifically what they're doing. They have a program now called the CyArk 500, which uh, Points Taken has been very lucky to be participating in. And what they're doing is they are documenting 500 historic sites around the world wow. over five years. And one of the ones that I find really fascinating is they're in uh, Iraq right now, and they're documenting the ancient city of, of Babylon. Wow. They want to have a complete record of it because there's been so much destruction that they want to be able to have something precise. Now, you can take photographs. You can take videos, and that will give you a nice visual of what something looks like. By using this kind of technology, you're going to get an accurate model that's accurate to within two two millimeters at 100 feet. So you're going to have a precise model. So if something was to happen, if, uh, heaven forbid, there was there was a war or a natural disaster that was destroy these structures, we would have the capability not only of being able to see them visually, but, but have the blueprint to completely reconstruct them, whether virtually or in the, re-world, in the real world. We have that technology now, something we've never had before. Wow. Uh, and if you think about it, even if you go back in our history a, a thousand years, people have been documenting things the same way up until about the 19th century when, you know, that's when we started getting into photography, which became another way of documentation, documenting our environment, and then eventually moving fo- photographs, uh, motion pictures, and then we got into audio and then video. And uh, this is just the next step in that option. Uh, in the way that we're actually using it. While it is a civil engineering tool, it's also a wonderful tool for being able to tell our story. As you look back at these preservation uh, projects, specifically if you go back to the one I was just mentioning, the one with ancient Babylon, we are not only documenting that, we're also trying to reconstruct what life was like at that time. And that's the one thing that all these preservation projects have in common, is they're looking back to try to tell the story and try to piece together that story. Well, we now have a technology that allows us to document in 3D and tell our story. So future archaeologists aren't going to have the challenges that archaeologists (laughs) have now. (laughs) They're not going to have that because we actually have an opportunity now to tell our own story and to share what our environment was like. And that's what I find most fascinating about our project, which is a digital mapping project here in, Senate, in Silicon Valley. Um, when you look back on a lot of these projects that are going on around the world, 
you see these people trying to piece together things, looking at pottery and looking at at at, at ancient uh, lithographs and trying to figure out how these people lived. Well. We know in a hundred years from now, when people start talking about technology, when they start talking about what's happening with social media, when they're talking about uh, the internet and hacking and all the all the things that are happening right now, uh, they're going to be talking about this valley. Mm, mm. They're going to be talking about the people that live here. They're mm-hmm. going to be talking about us. Yeah. And what a great time for us to have this technology, not only to be able to tell the story, but also to be able to show what our environment is like. Because our environment is constantly changing. Um, I don't know, Carl, if you were were around back in the 70s here in in Silicon Valley, but I grew up here in this area, and my mom worked for a company called Fairchild. I remember Fairchild, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Fairchild, I think. Now, you know, Fairchild is no longer around, but at that time, they were one of the that was the foundation of Silicon Valley. Yeah. And I think Fairchild was eventually purchased by, I want to say, National Semiconductor, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, the point is that this valley's changing constantly. And what we see today, even the movers and the shakers that we see today, won't be here or may not be in the same form that we see in another 20 years. Uh, we, know that, we know that Yahoo's changing. Mm-hmm. Um, eBay may be going through some changes. Mm-hmm. We know Google is now a spinoff of it. Now has a parent company, I so know. it's changing. So um, you know, there's a lot of things that are happening that we see now that may not be this way in 25 years. Well, you know, the one thing I like, and um, I want you to dive into this, is the component that you have for our youth to be able to learn this, get in front of this because this is the way of the future and see, that's what we do. And and this is a part of what this show's about Silicon Valley business connection. We have to somehow connect our youth with the jobs of the future. So tell me a little bit how you use the youth and what, what business opportunities there would be for the youth, not only just in employment, but maybe in entrepreneurship. Well, you know, that's interesting because, um, I was reading something recently where they said that the United States was going to be looking at issuing 85,000 H-1B visas. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of those visas are for Silicon Valley workers uh, because we're not turning out the talent, the engineering talent that, you know, that's necessary to move forward. And and it takes me back to my time here in high school. I was a very good student my first couple of years in high school. In the last couple of years, I don't know, Carl, I must have got that senioritis or something. <laughs> <laughs> and I went from a high B average to about a C. About girls, C. it was girls. Come on, it tell was, the truth. It okay. Was probably that. It was, I, you know, and it's funny because that happens more with probably young men than it does with young women, but uh, no excuse. It was just one of those things. And I remember going to my counselor uh, my senior year and saying, hey, you know, I'm going to be getting out of school in the next few months, and my parents are expecting something of me. What's going to happen? And my counselor said to me, you know, Brian, you really have put yourself behind the eight ball here. Why don't you just go to junior college or go get yourself a job? You know, just uh-huh. just get yourself a job. And that stuck with me. I thought, oh, uh, come on, I, I, I've got to do better. I've, I can do better than that. Um, I hated math at the time. 
just couldn't stand it because I was really, I, I didn't, I wasn't making the connection. Yeah. You know, I didn't understand its applications and I couldn't stand it. And so I didn't do well in it. Uh, so I ended up going to school and uh, studying theater arts at San Jose State. And now you and now you're in engineering. And well, you know what I want to do? That and that was the funny thing. I got into theater arts and from there I started, you know, got into stage managing and I was working with rock and roll bands. I worked with Steve Wozniak at the S festivals. I was doing all of this stuff. And it was stuff I really enjoyed. But uh, finally, when I decided to transition out of that, I got a job working for the city of San Jose, Manning, as a senior event manager for the, the city. And when I got to that job, I was managing buildings. Wow. And they required everything to be done, all of the rooms to be drawn, done with the drafting board. You had to draw them to scale, which took a lot of geometry. Oh, man, you know what I like to do, Brian? I, I want to dive into that, but I, wanna, I want us to take a break. And right after break, let's talk about that and some other things about the entrepreneurial uses of this 3D mapping technology. Absolutely. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connection, and I'm Carl Davis, Jr. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis, Jr., brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com, or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. My guest today is Mr. Brian Miller from Points Taken, and we've been talking about 3D mapping. And uh, you have to excuse me because I get crazy ideas. Some of them are like, you know, may uh, spawn new businesses. But I always thought about a way to... um, kind of show our Silicon Valley Black Team of Commerce in a 3D model. And somebody could do a caricature of me, you know, a little bit bigger, a little bit, you know, taller. <laughs> but somebody could show me in there walking through the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, showing people our different programs, our services, our initiatives, and actually doing it through a 3D model that would be online. Now, Brian... Tell me how f- crazy I am and how far off am I for something like that? You are not far off at all. As a matter of fact, we've been doing online uh, what we call fly-through videos of laser scans of historic buildings on YouTube for quite some time now. And just so happens that uh, one of the best-kept secrets in the Bay Area is Cogswell Polytechnical College here in, in uh, San Jose. Cogswell is the top college in uh, one of the top in the world is for animators and, and 3D processors, uh, uh, engineers. Uh, many of their graduates go on to work at places like Pixar Studios, um, Industrial Light and Magic, DreamWorks, and they've worked on everything from Shrek to the Toy Story movies. Wow. And they're right here in San Jose. So it's a wonderful place. Um, and I recently met with those folks to talk about some of the things that we'd like to do with students. Um, it's really important that we find some way to introduce our students to technology in a way that works for, for everyone. As I was talking before about my aversion to mathematics and, and the challenges I had when I was in school, uh, I ended up working at the convention center and, and needing to use geometry on a regular basis. And for the first time in my life, at 
27 years old, it clicked. <laughs> mm. This is what geometry is about. Mm. And at that time, it, it, it occurred to me that I just couldn't understand it in the abstract. I had to see how it applied to something that meant something. Yeah. And, um, and guess what? 20 years later, I'm in, an, in a build, in a, in a business that specializes in engineering. Hey, isn't, isn't that something, Brian, I'm going to dive in for a minute and let you take back off, but isn't that something that's really key when we talk about our youth getting connected to STEM, you know, the science, technology, engineering, and math sort of disciplines, right? Absolutely. It's key and that it, they can see the application of it. Go ahead, Brian. And, well, there's so, people learn in different ways, and that's, that's one way that our school system, I think, has failed us, uh, is we haven't, a school system's like this big lumbering giant. It, it can't turn on a dime. It takes a, forever to make an adjustment. And that's something that, that uh, just hasn't happened. So we need to look at new ways of engaging these students. And I find it interesting, a couple of years ago, I ran a summer camp at uh, History Park, where I took a group of college students from JFK University. They were master's level students. And uh, I introduced them to laser scanning. And I also took a group of students from local high schools here, and I mixed the teams. I decided I'd take the college student and a high school student on this team, and a college student and a high school student on this team, and I split them up and let them, you know, go about creating mm-hmm. a 3D model of some of the historic buildings there. It's a great project. But one thing I found fascinating is I thought that the college students would end up mentoring the high school students. It was just the opposite. Wow. <laughs> the high school students were mentoring the college students, not because of knowledge or, or anything like that, because we were working in a 3D environment. Mm. And high school students and some of the younger students that, that are really into this, into 3D gaming, it comes so naturally to them. Mm. So when you get them immersed in something like this, the one thing you don't do is you don't tell them, hey, this is laser scanning. It's, it's advanced geometry and trigonometry. You don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> That'll scare them up. No, you don't tell them that. You just tell them, hey, you, we're going to go ahead and create some 3D models of these buildings. I'm going to show you how a laser scanner works, and we're going to talk about 3D mapping. Wow. After they get into it, they adapt to it so quickly. And, you know, within three days, they've created a, a, an historically accurate 3D model of a historic building that's been texture mapped. And when you tell them what they've done, <laughs> it's like, what do you think? All of a sudden, you see the wheels turning. Wow. This is civil engineering. This is trigonometry. And you start talking to them about taking that model and importing it into AutoCAD oh. for a construction model, oh. or importing it into Maya so we can make a game out of it, or importing it into Recap, or any of these other wonderful software packages. Next thing you know, you've got the, these students not only doing engineering, but now you've got them processing data through software, Ooh. and they're having fun with it. Ooh. And now you go back and say, let's go to the next step. In order to go to the next step, we're going to have to work on your geometry. We're going to have to do a little bit of algebra. We're going to have to do some trigonometry. Now they have a base for this. Now they understand, okay, here's how it applies to what I've been doing. I love that, Brian. And I love your heart 
for wanting to do that for youth. So how can how can people support you? I mean, your projects and what you do. I know you've connected with us at the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, and we definitely are always there supporting you, uh, being at your events when you do that. How can people connect with you? Are, you know, you get investors coming in or, or support well, from the city got, and uh, county. We've got a lot of great stuff going on. For one one thing, if you go to history um, to uh, historysanjose.org, um, there we're actually going to in the next probably 30 days or so we'll have our schedule up for next year's summer programs. We're going to do another summer camp for for students. We're looking for students who are interested in uh, in a new experience and and something that's that's going to be challenging to them, but something they're going to have a lot of fun with. We don't spend a lot of time lecturing. We we spend a little bit of time telling them about how these things work and about what they're going to be doing. And then after that, we put them to work immediately. It's usually a week-long process. This summer, though, this may be a special, special summer for us. Mm. We're working on setting up something with Cogswell College. Mm. And if that works out, we're hoping to be able to conduct a one week of laser scanning and photogrammetry training at History Park using their historic buildings as our models. Then the next week, we would spend at Cogswell College on their campus here in North San Jose, and that week would be spent processing that data. As you were talking, and back to your original question, Carl, about your your 3D model of, of your uh, actual office space, we could scan that place for you in one day, and the students at Cogswell College can, can create a, a three-dimensional avatar of you using your own face. <laughs> oh, that'll be scary. Oh, no, we can, we can use your own face the whole bit, you know, and uh, we, can, we can create that, that walkthrough for you. That'd be a great project, actually, for some of our kids. Well, everybody's got to remind me of that. That's a, that's a great project, and it's a part of, you know, how we take these kids and, you know, teach them technology and then about business, how they become entrepreneurs. Because at the end of the day, Brian, you know our hearts. We want kids to use this technology, but we want these kids to be innovators of it, too. And that's the that's the the great thing about this whole project. Some of these kids, we know not everybody's going to take to engineering. Some of these kids are going to come into it, they're going to like it, and they're going to say, yeah, you know, I really like that, but I don't know if that's what I want to do with, with my life. Well, you know, there's other aspects of it, too. There's the business aspect. You know, we need... We need students that are going to do outreach for us to some of these other historic preservation organizations and to some other other organizations out there that might be like-minded. So we're looking for students that can do that. We're looking for students that are interested in the software aspect of it. Uh, people are interested in, in archiving data. Um, the interesting thing about this technology when you talk about laser scanning, it, they're probably using it in about two dozen different uh, disciplines and vocations now. Everything from computer animation uh, down to zoology. One of the interesting aspects of that is one of the companies we work with, Feral Technologies, who produces one of the laser scanners we use. They actually started off um, doing uh, livestock. They mm. actually created a laser scanner to scan chickens. Mm. And the reason they were doing it is they were creating these big machines that were using to process these chickens, and they would pick these chickens up and move them. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so Pharaoh decided they would. So they decided they would laser scan 
chicken to get the exact dimensions of the average chicken so they would be able to I know this sounds ridiculous <laughs> but that's what how they, one of the first things they started doing with it they went into from that they went into prosthetics uh, being able to create yeah. prosthetic limbs for people to make yes. sure that they're exact they use the, the laser um, they, I, I know a friend of mine that works for the Bureau of Land Management, and he said they use what's called LIDAR, which is a laser form. And they fly over the forest, and they will take a uh, photograph and a scan of an area, and they can come back and tell you whether or not that area can sustain more trees. or how many, They can actually tell you how many trees are in that area, and they can tell you whether or not that area can sustain more trees or whether it needed to be thinned out. So they use it. In so many different ways. Um, one of that I think is really important is we need to start scanning our infrastructure here. Uh, if we have any kind of a major disaster where we wipe out our electrical system, mm. and you, you saw what happened. You saw yeah. what happened in San Bruno with the pipelines. Yes, there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they have the technology now to start laser scanning pipes and wow. doing those kind of things. Wow. So you need to have that kind of data. Well, Brown, you need to have those kind of records. But, well, Brown, we got about one minute left, and I want you to kind of wrap us up when we talk about the application of technology. And, you know, there's these termino- terms that we hear, like you're talking about virtual reality, 3D modeling. I heard a term, the Internet of Things. Oh, I, yes. Yeah, and, and this is all connected to it. Part of this laser scanning uh, process that we're using is actually collecting data. The Internet of Things... Uh, modern gaming, virtual reality, all of these things are in need of content. You have to have something to put these on. Uh, virtual reality probably could have come out a, a year or two ago, earlier, but one of the things they don't have is enough content. If you buy one of these virtual reality glasses, what can you do with it if you got one or two games on it? Well, it sounds like it sounds like Brian. We're going to have to get you on again because we're almost out of time here. But we're going to we love this conversation. Blacks in oh, business, don't blacks in technology. We're going to bring on Brian Miller again. We we want you guys to enjoy the show. It's been Silicon Valley Business Connection. I'm Carl Davis Jr. Thank you, Brian. Okay, thank you. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected, Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.